Welcome back to Marriage Monday. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, I want to talk about instantly transforming your marriage. And already, that word instant has kind of maybe hit a nerve with some people because I can feel people's eyes rolling. I can feel them squinting in a very skeptical way toward me because anytime I hear a podcast or I read an article that uses the word instant, I am extremely skeptical. I think it's going to be sketchy because there's no such thing as a quick fix. And that's what I want to make sure I get out right now is when it comes to your marriage issues, nothing happened overnight. Therefore, it doesn't go away overnight. But it does not mean that we cannot actively and instantly begin to insert health into our life because if we can do it in the immediate, it has long-term healthy effects. So I want to give you five things, five habits that can instantly transform you and thus transform your marriage and begin to bring about the health that you and your spouse deserve. So I'll give props to Fierce Marriage. They inspired today's podcast. Uh, So check this out. The first habit is this, exercising gratefulness. Exercising gratefulness. I cannot emphasize gratefulness enough in marriage. In fact, uh, Dr. Robert Edmonds, uh, Emmons, he's the professor of psychology at UC Davis, he calls this the chosen attitude. I love that. It doesn't necessarily come natural, but it, it is a chosen attitude that will bring health to your life if you make sure it's a habit. Again, it's not a quick fix. The long-term effects of gratitude can change life. It enriches human life. It will elevate, energize, and inspire and transform you and those around you. It will move people, open them up. Um, It will help humble yourself and others when you show gratitude. And so what we mean by gratitude in marriage, it's choosing to look at the things that you complain about or the things that you are negative about and trying to find a, a gratitude spin, a thankful spin to it to help change your heart. For example, instead of complaining about your children, what if you thank God that you were able to have kids and the opportunity that you get to raise them and have an influence on them for at least 18 years? Or what about those home projects that we complain about that we're getting frustrated with? What if we thank God that we've got a roof over our head or we get to own a home? We get the opportunity to live in the place where we live. Imagine what happens. Something takes place when inside of us that specifically elevates our heart. It elevates our attitude. It begins to introduce life. It begins to inspire us. It energizes us and it does transform us. So exercise gratefulness. Number two, intentionally give affection intentionally give affection. It's the idea that we are looking at what our spouse needs in terms of affection and meeting that in the way that they desire. Now, this does uh, take a little bit of research. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you to go to the five love languages and take their quiz. What I love about the five love languages is you can go on their website, which is the number five, five lovelanguages.com. And you can go slash quizzes and you can get the couples quiz, the teens quiz, the kids quiz, as well as the singles quiz. You can find out everybody's love language in your home. But the idea of discovering that is is helping you to intentionally give affection in a way not that you need or you desire, but in the way that your spouse desires. So husbands, do the research on your on your wife. 
Talk with your wife. Have her take the quiz so that you understand. And you may say, well, we took the quiz years ago. We took the quiz when we first got married, when we were dating. And I've said over and over on this podcast that every time you change seasons in your marriage, I encourage to retake this quiz and discover how much your love languages have changed. They have changed completely. So get into that, find out what it is, and look to give affection. The second thing I would say about that is to actually ask your spouse. If you don't want to take the quiz, ask your spouse their different definition of affection. Just flat out ask them, how do you define affection? What do you see as as affection or what don't you see as affection and you might be startled at some of the answers that you are hearing because when you ask that question sometimes we find out that the ways we've been showing affection have not been received as affection so ask the question take the quiz and then intentionally give affection where your spouse needs it number three play together regularly play together regularly Find out how and when you can get out and have some fun together. That's a huge thing. And the whole part of finding ways to have fun is making sure that you've made room in your marriage to have fun. It's called building extra margin in your life. You see, if you have no margin in your schedule and no margin in your finances, you will never have the time to play together on a consistent basis. And that may sound silly. It may sound childish to quote unquote play together. But I learned this, that couples that have fun together stay together. Couples that have fun together have those feelings of love for one another. Because when you are consistently working to try to have fun together, try to have those moments that that kind of won your heart years ago. Think about this. When you were in the dating process, you went to movies, you went out for coffee, you find, found ways to take walks. And what won your heart will keep your heart. So get out and play together on the regular. Number four, plan for sex and then do it. Plan for sex and then actually do it. I've said this for years, that when it comes to the idea of sexuality, it has been a gift that God gave to husbands and wives. He gave to that marriage so that, and and it's something that touches us physically, yes, we understand that, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is one of those things that God has given. It hits us on four levels, and not only does it hit us on four levels, it was given as a gift only to marriage, which means that your spouse is the only one in this world that can meet those that need for you, that reaches you on four levels. I want to make sure that's clear. Your spouse was meant to be that person that God has given you to help meet that sexual need that impacts you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, I remember something that my wife spoke into a couple that we were meeting with a few years back, and she just flat out said, listen, Dave and I are married, which means that we're covenant partners. And not only are we covenant partners, we are sexual partners. That means that nobody else gets to meet Dave's needs but me and vice versa. And that's not to constrain your sexuality. That's to bless it. That's to guard it. It's to protect it and to enrich it. And so if we can look at the idea of planning for sex and then doing it, we are guarding ourselves and we are getting us into the place where we can have consistent um, sexual, sexual experiences and we can continue to bless and enrich one another and keep each other physically, emotionally, 
mentally and spiritually healthy. Sex is more than just a physical act. It has layers to it, and it's given to marriage to bless our marriage. Uh, Number five, and lastly, purposely keep Jesus at the center. Purposely keep Jesus at the center. This is the most important habit. This is the most important thing. And I saved the best for last. And I've learned this. This There's a great book called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women by Gary and Barbara Roseberg. And they talk about one of the greatest needs in sexuality is spiritual intimacy. In fact, it is one of the greatest needs specifically for women, according to research. But it's a necessity for your marriage as a whole purposely keep Jesus at the center. That means you can do things as simple as praying with one another, um, serving together in your local church, attending church together, worshiping together, encouraging one another, looking for articles that really um, guard and protect and enrich one another's souls. There are ways to get keep Jesus at the center, but get creative. And this is where you can talk with your spouse. You can sit down and have that conversation that says, how can we together Not how can you or how can I, but how can we together keep Jesus at the center? And the more that you talk together and you work together, the more that you can keep Jesus not just as the center, but the foundation for which you build your marriage. I mean, look at these five things. Gratefulness, uh, affection, playing together, your sexuality, and keeping Jesus at the center. Look at these five things. And if you can begin to exercise these today and work on these this week, I promise you, you can see immediate transformation because you're going to see the health of your relationship begin to climb. And it won't fix things overnight. But in the long term, it's going to bring greater health, greater transformation than you've ever thought or experienced. So this week, work on these five things, watch transformation happen, and I believe God is going to do an absolute transformative work in and through your marriage. Love y'all. Have a great Marriage Monday, and we'll see you next week.